We're in the first chapter of John's Gospel. We are hearing the second day. So I love when a passage starts with the next day. It's like we don't need any context then, I'm sure. So just before this, John has been asked, who are you by the priests and Levites? And he's like, none of your answers are correct. They ask him if he's the Messiah or if he's Elijah or if he's the prophet. And he's like, no, I am the one who is here to baptize with water to prepare Israel for the Messiah. And so we come to this day and John, we, we don't see Jesus' actual baptism, but John calls out, look, the Lamb of God. We are introduced to Jesus for the first time in the Gospel. And he calls out that this is the Lamb of God. I myself did not know him, which makes no sense, I feel like, sometimes, because I'm not sure if you remember, but in some of the other Gospels, John, in his mom's womb, it's like, woo, Jesus! But somehow, 30 years or whatever later, he's been like, oh man, I know you're my cousin, but it's been a while since family reunions. You look familiar. Could be, it is him. Okay, it's him. Um, no, I, it has to do with John is not declaring, by his, John the Baptist is not declaring by his own authority that Jesus is the Messiah, but by God who told him. And you see that further in the passage. And then the next day, he again, Jesus just walking by, minding his own business, I'm sure. And he again calls out, Behold the Lamb of God, and Jesus then takes over the reins, basically. Jesus, two of his disciples follow Jesus. John, as we hear in, later, in the Bible, uh, later in this Gospel, says, I must decrease and he must increase. And this is kind of the narrative version of that. And so, there, but there's so much in this text. We have like 17 names for Jesus. It's not really, we have four. But it sounds better at 17. We have Lamb of God. We have Rabbi, Chosen One, Messiah, or Anointed One, or Christ, depending on how you translate it. At the very beginning of this chapter, we have the powerful image of the Word of God. It was with God in the beginning. After this, we have Jesus is the one that Moses and the prophets speak of. King of Israel, Son of Man. John is trying to make sure he hits all of his themes and gets them started right off the bat. But I do have a slight grudge with this text, which is how I always like to preach text, out of my spite. Um, and it's when we get introduced to Andrew. And so let me introduce you to Andrew. Andrew has been following John the Baptist uh, we also know from other texts that he's a fisherman. So he's working, and working at night, fishing, tired, comes up, goes, here's what John the Baptist is saying, learns from him. He's seeking after God. He, wants, he knows that John has been touched by God and is a prophet of God, and he wants to know more. But when John declares that Jesus is the Lamb of God, Andrew's like, oh, so we should, we should go with him? And just starts following him. Doesn't tell Jesus, he just slowly starts walking up behind him. And Jesus like, what is, oh, hi, what's up, what do you want? Um, and so Andrew becomes one of the first two disciples of Jesus. Okay, wow, named character, first two disciples, feeling good. 
He, he's the one who declares that Jesus is the Messiah in the Gospel of John. Yet, when he's introduced, he's Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Simon Peter hasn't even been introduced yet. You know how frustrating that is? I, maybe it's because I'm a younger brother, but living in other people's shadows can be a little frustrating. And so it's like, narratively, like, I know context, like, Simon Peter becomes the head of the church, but like, you couldn't give him like one chapter of just like, oh, Andrew is his own person. No, he's Simon Peter's little brother. And so I'm a little frustrated by that, but I'm going to let it go because it's the Bible. Uh, but I want to kind of tell the story from his perspective. So we have Andrew, like I was saying, he's, he's seeking after God. He wants God's presence. He wants to be in it. And so he's been following John the Baptist. And then John the Baptist says, I have seen the Spirit of God come down and remain on Christ, on Jesus, the, the chosen one of God, or the Messiah, which means anointed. And anointed means you have the Spirit of God on you. And so in the Old Testament, we have prophets who are anointed, but they're anointed for a short time. But Jesus has the Spirit continually. And so he follows him. But even hearing Lamb of God, which, what does that even mean? But hearing Lamb of God, he follows him. He follows after Jesus and wants to know more. But he doesn't believe him to be the Messiah right then. He greets him by calling him Rabbi. It's only after spending an afternoon with him, spending time in the presence of Jesus, that he learns to call him Messiah. And so what happens between rabbi and Messiah is kind of what I wanted to learn. And John, you know, graciously doesn't give me any details. Awesome. That's great. So he, Jesus says, come and see. Come, come follow me. See where I'm staying. And we know in other parts of Scripture, Jesus says, I have no place to lay my head. So I don't think they're going to the Ritz. They're not going somewhere nice. Jesus isn't up in the ivory tower. Oh, this marble. Fine. Uh, he's not living this luxurious life. So that, that's not really going to be the clue that he's the Messiah. So what was it when they're spending the afternoon together? Is it the way he teaches some of the Old Testament with authority, as we hear elsewhere? Was he kind and generous to an orphan or a widow when he saw that love and like, this has got to be him to be such a wise man and so compassionate at the same time? Was it a miracle we don't know about? I don't know. John says at the end of his gospel, Jesus did a lot of things. I didn't write them all down. I didn't have enough paper. But what was it? And I think that the gospel writer leaves it out on purpose, as frustrating as that is for me. Because I would love to hear what moved Andrew from or from rabbi to Messiah. But I think it's for us to kind of put ourselves in Andrew's shoes. What moved you from rabbi to Messiah? What moved you from stumping your toe and saying Jesus to calling Jesus Lord or saying Lord Jesus when you stumped your toe? What was it? Was it a miracle? Was it always coming to church? 
Was it like me? I felt like, I feel like when I was trying to think back on this, I was like, what was it for me? I feel like I was always a Christian. But then I hear my daughter speak this week, and she says, we're like, do you want to pray? And she says, no. I was like, great, that's awesome. We're doing a great job. And they're like, we don't want to pray to Jesus? And she goes, I am Jesus. And I was like, oh, we really missed the mark. Oh, no. Oh, what have we done? All right. So, but we have time. Uh, we're going to keep working on that. Obviously, I'm doing a great job of teaching scripture to my child. But what was it? I clearly was probably like that, too, where I just didn't get it. My guess, and I know it was over long time was it was being around the people of God in the presence of God it was going with my mom when she would work Emmaus walks and seeing this love and compassion for strangers this desire to share the Messiah with them as Andrew shares the Messiah with his brother Simon it's seeing the church serve others if you've been a part of Hands for God's Day that have been here before, it's stopping on the street and just handing out, giving someone who asks for help, help. It's inviting people in. It's sitting with the new person. It's being Christ in action because of what Christ has done and because of who Christ is. And another interesting thing I love about Andrew is every time you see him in the Gospel of John, he's bringing someone to Jesus. And now I'm not sure we can say like, oh, you gotta be just like Andrew and make sure you bring people. Because I think Andrew was probably an extrovert and I have some introvert tendencies and I understand that. I'm not trying to yell at the introverts here. But every time we see him, he is bringing someone to Jesus. He brings Simon, who becomes the cornerstone, the, the rock of the church. He brings the boy who has five loaves and two fish. Brings him to Jesus, and Jesus feeds 5,000. And then he brings some Greeks. And I don't know what happened to them, because Jesus does one of his things where he just starts talking, and we're like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. What about the Greeks? Um, but he is constantly bringing more and more people. So, as we think about what it was, and you put yourself in Andrew's place, what was it that moved you from rabbi to Messiah? And what is the action that it draws up in you? Is it inviting people? Is it serving? Is it coming to men's luncheon? Did we name that one? That one's happening February 5th. Is it coming to adult ed? Is it just serving others in your street? Inviting families to dinner who are new to the neighborhood? I want you to decide. But knowing that Christ is the Lamb of God, that He loves you enough to be the sacrifice of God, to be our Passover Lamb, as we say, 
during communion. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Out of that gratitude and that spirit that Christ is anointed with and then baptizes with. I think in the end, Andrew probably wasn't bothered by being Simon Peter's brother. He probably had more humility than I do. He probably was just glad his brother was there. And just glad to invite more people in. Probably glad to just have some of that fish and some of the loaves. Because he had the humility that the Spirit of God gives. So, I pray that you just think about God's presence and love in your life and where that will take you this week. Amen.